I invite you to turn to Genesis chapter 1. Genesis chapter 1, and I'm just going to jump right in and read from chapter 1, verse 1, to chapter 2, verse 3, which tells us about the creation of heaven and earth. So, Genesis 1, beginning in verse 1, Holy Scripture says, In the beginning God created the heavens and the earth. The earth was without form and void, and darkness was over the face of the deep, and the Spirit of God was hovering over the face of the waters. And God said, let there be light, and there was light. And God saw that the light was good, and God separated the light from the darkness. God called the light day, and the darkness He called night. And there was evening, and there was morning the first day. And God said, Let there be an expanse in the midst of the waters, and let it separate the waters from the waters. And God made the expanse and separated the waters that were under the expanse from the waters that were above the expanse. And it was so. And God called the expanse heaven. And there was evening and there was morning the second day. And God said, let the waters under the heavens be gathered together into one place and let the dry land appear. And it was so. God called the dry land earth, and the waters that were gathered together he called seas. And God saw that it was good. And God said, let the earth sprout vegetation, plants yielding seed, and fruit trees bearing fruit in which is their seed, each according to its kind, on the earth. And it was so. The earth brought forth vegetation, plants yielding seed according to their own kinds, and trees bearing fruit in which is their seed, each according to its kind. And God saw that it was good, and there was evening, and there was morning the third day. And God said, let there be lights in the expanse of the heavens to separate the day from the night, and let them be for signs and for seasons and for days and years, and let them be lights in the expanse of the heavens to give light upon the earth. And it was so. And God made the two great lights, the greater light to rule the day, and the lesser light to rule the night and the stars. And God set them in the expanse of the heavens to give light on the earth, to rule over the day and over the night, and to separate the light from the darkness. And God saw that it was good, and there was evening and there was morning the fourth day. And God said, Let the waters swarm with swarms of living creatures and let the birds fly above the earth across the expanse of the heavens. So God created the great sea creatures and every living creature that moves with which the waters swarm according to their kinds and every winged bird according to its kind. And God saw that it was good. And God blessed them, saying, Be fruitful and multiply, and fill the waters in the seas, and let birds multiply on the earth. And there was evening and there was morning, the fifth day. And God said, Let the earth bring forth living creatures according to their kinds, livestock and creeping things, and beasts of the earth according to their kinds. And it was so. And God made the beasts of the earth according to their kinds, 
and the livestock according to their kinds, and everything that creeps on the ground according to its kind. And God saw that it was good. Then God said, Let us make man in our image, after our likeness, and let them have dominion over the fish of the sea, and over the birds of the heavens, and over the livestock, and over all the earth, and over every creeping thing that creeps on the earth. So God created man in His own image. In the image of God, He created him. Male and female, He created them. And God blessed them. And God said to them, Be fruitful and multiply and fill the earth and subdue it, and have dominion over the fish of the sea and over the birds of the heavens and over every living thing that moves on the earth. And God said, Behold, I have given you every plant yielding seed that is on the face of all the earth, and every tree with seed in its fruit, you shall have them for food. And to every beast of the earth, and to every bird of the heavens, and to everything that creeps on the earth, everything that has the breath of life, I have given every green plant for food. And it was so. And God saw everything that He had made. And behold, it was very good. And there was evening and there was morning, the sixth day. Thus the heavens and the earth were finished, and all the host of them. And on the seventh day, God finished His work that He had done, and He rested on the seventh day from all His work that He had done. So God blessed the seventh day and made it holy, because on it God rested from all His work that He had done in creation. This is the Word of God, and it is for our good. Let's pray. Father, we thank You for Your Holy Word, which tells us things that we otherwise would not know. And Father, I pray that Your Holy Spirit would come and illuminate this passage for our hearts and for our lives and for our sanctification. And Father, I pray that You would lead us in the way of truth. In Jesus' name, Amen. So, I have a, I have a modest aim for this particular sermon. This, this particular sermon is designed to give us the big picture of these 34 verses. Now, there's a lot here, and we, we really need to draw out the riches of this passage. And so, in, in subsequent sermons still dealing with this passage, uh, we will look at the issue of time. Uh, we will look at what it means for human beings to be created in the image of God and really focus on verses 26 to 28. I also want to uh, give a message that, that talks about how we should think about the relationship between Scripture and what Scripture teaches and the claims of modern science. Um, so so if, I, if I don't talk about something in the text today that you're, and you're kind of bummed out about, like, oh man, you skipped over that. Well, just, just be patient. There's a lot here. We've got to take time to walk through it. And by all means, feel free to say something to me or, or email me um, if there's a particular item that you'd like to see addressed that I haven't addressed yet. 
and I'm happy to take that into account in terms of developing these messages. But I think, it, I think it's, it's, it's good to start with the big picture and walking through the seven days of creation week. And so that's what I want to do, kind of uh, walk through these 34 verses and then draw out a couple of lessons for us. So this is obviously creation week seven days, and we'll start on day one. Day one, verses one to five. In the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. God created everything, the, 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 the stuff above us and the stuff below us and everything in between. God made everything that exists, and yet, he, he did not make it initially in a completed and developed form, which verse 2, keep, keep in mind uh, these verses are not inspired. These verses are just put there by people uh, over, the, over the years to help us for ease of reference. But the text just continues. The earth, the, the, the earth that God had just created... The earth was without form and void, and darkness was over the face of the deep. So the earth that God had just created was undeveloped, it was formless, it was, it was this watery swamp. And it was empty, and it was dark. What is darkness? I mean, darkness, darkness is a thing. When, when, when you have space, that lacks light, then what you have is darkness. Okay? So, this is all very intentional. This, this, there's, there's no mistake or oversight on God's part. He, he, he had it in His mind. He had planned all along that He was going to do the work of creation in six days. And this is how he started, by creating this unformed mass, this undeveloped swamp in darkness. Now, it wasn't dark to the Lord, right? The light and darkness, he's describing it for our benefit. If we had been there, which we, no human being was there yet, if we had been there, we wouldn't have seen anything. Darkness was over the face of the deep, over the face of the waters. And the Spirit of God was hovering over the face of the waters. This is, this is, a, this is a beautiful thing. You know, God is, is ready to take further action on everything that He had just made. He, he's, he's ready to define it and shape it and form it and fill it. And he is, he is present. His Spirit is hovering over the waters, ready to take action. And by the way, just one little application here. Uh, we need to understand that God's presence is decisive in, in taking that which is undeveloped or taking that which is chaotic or taking that which is dark and turning it into light and giving life. You think, think, about, um, think about the Virgin Mary. 
you know, and, 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 and the angel told the Virgin Mary that she was going to conceive and give birth to a son without the help of any man. And she was like, how can these things be? And the answer is that the Holy Spirit was going to come upon her. And what about, what about us sinful human beings? Which is what we were just singing about. What, 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 do, what do we need in our undeveloped, immature, pockets of darkness hearts? We, 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 we need the Holy Spirit to come and to, and to give light and to give life. And so we see right off the bat that this is, this is, this is the work that God is able to do and does do even here with the physical creation that He had just made. And so now, in verse 3, still part of day one, it's time for the first morning in the history of the world. Okay, it's time for the first morning. And God said, let there be light. And there was light. And the light rises, so to speak, over the earth. Notice that the, the, uh, the creation of light at this point and the shining forth of light onto the face of the earth is without any physical light source. The sun and the moon and the stars are still a few days away. But here's the question. Is it difficult for the Lord to cause light to shine without the sun, without the moon, without the stars? It's not difficult. He, he, he willed light to shine forth upon the earth. He separated the light from the darkness. And then He begins to define things. This is what, this is what God does. He's the, he's the creator. He's the owner. He has the right to define the way that things are or the way that things will be. And so, He, he calls the light day. Now, this, the, the, the word day day can refer to the whole day, what we can, would, would reckon 24 hours, but the word day can also be used for the daytime, which is how it's being used here at the beginning of verse 5. God called the light day. This is, this is daytime when, when the light is shining. And so God looks at, at, at this part of the creation now when the light is shining upon the earth and he says that's day and then he looks back to that darkness of verse 2 and he calls that night see so, see so do you see how at the very beginning on day one god is defining for us what a day is Right, a, a, the, the, a day, one day is one cycle of darkness and light. Darkness, verse two, light, verse three. Okay, so you get darkness and light, night and day, evening, evening and morning. Creation began, so so to speak, in the evening. <laughs> right. 
And then about halfway through day one, God said, let there be light. And that was the first morning. Evening, morning, one day. Let's go to day two. Day two is verses six through eight. Now keep in mind, God is working on the raw materials that He created in verse 1, and He already addressed the darkness, right? By creating the light. Now He's going to address the waters. The unformed, swampy waters. That's what He's going to go to work on next. Okay, and in verses 6-8, to He says in verse 6, let there be an expanse in the midst of the waters and let it separate the waters from the waters. This is, it is difficult to wrap your mind around this, but, but he, 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 he's, he's creating the sky. He's creating the sky. He's, he's stretching out the heavens so that now up there you have the atmospheric waters. And then down here on earth, you have the oceanic waters, so to speak. Okay, So he's separating it out. So now, now you have the sky above, and you have the waters below. And then let's go to day 4, verses 14, I'm sorry, verses 9 to 13. Now he's still de- dealing with the waters. Now he's created the sky, but on the earth it's still this swampy, watery, undefined mess. By design. And so now, what God does is, verse 9, let the waters under the heavens be gathered together into one place and let the dry land appear. So now, you, you, can, you, can, just, you can just see the order that God is giving to the world. You get, from, you get from this swampy, watery mess to now you have sky above with Waters in the atmosphere, water vapor, and then you have uh, you have the sea, and you have the dry land. It's it's uh, it's all moving towards something. God is making a earth that is habitable for living creatures, and especially for mankind. But there's a little bit more work to do on day three. So after creating the land, and and what you'll notice here as we go through the rest of the days, now that you have the sky, the sea, and the land, now God is going to fill the sky, He's going to fill the land, and He's going to fill the seas, right? That's what's coming next. It's very orderly, very deliberate. But before the living creatures are created, God creates nutrition. Right? Let, verse 11, let the earth, this is still on day, day 3, let the earth sprout vegetation, plants yielding seed, and fruit trees bearing fruit in which is their seed. So, plants and trees with the capacity to reproduce themselves through the seed that they bear. And this is going to function as nutrition for 
the land animals, for the birds, and also for, for human beings, as God tells us at the end of the chapter. Now let's go to day four. Like I told you, we're going to move moving quickly today. In day four, God fills the sky. Now, before He fills the sky with living creatures in the lower atmospheric heavens, okay, He fills the sky with luminaries, physical light sources in the astronomical heavens far, far away. And, um, and keep in mind that day and night already existed. Day one. Light and darkness already existed. And so now, the sun and the moon and the stars are brought in to serve the purpose of physically stewarding the light and the darkness. The day and the night. The greater light, the sun, to rule over the day. The lesser light, the moon, along with the stars, to give light on the earth at nighttime. And so, on day, day four, the, the, the heavens are filled with these luminaries. And now going to day five. Day five, verses 20 through 23. First of all, God fills the seas with the great sea, sea creatures and all, all kinds of fish that are swarming in the seas. And then also, He fills the sky the lower sky with winged creatures. Do, 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 you see how, do you see how this is unfolding in a very orderly format? God is a God of order and design and fitness and purpose where things correspond one to another. And that's what we see unfolding here. So now the waters are filled with fish and whales and the sky Sky is filled with all kinds of birds. And now we go to day 6. Day 6, verses 24, really all the way to chapter 2, verse 1. Day 6 gets a lot of attention for good reason. Early in day 6, God creates all of the land animals, the livestock, perhaps also... All kind, perhaps also insects and reptiles and all these creeping things up on the earth. So now we have living creatures on the land. And then finally, what's missing? What, 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 what's missing is, is a, a king and a queen. I mean, God is the ultimate king of creation obviously he is sovereign over the whole lot it all belongs to him but his design was to have a steward and a stewardess a king and a queen a man and a wife together over the creation as managers as stewards as overseers and so very special attention is given to the creation of mankind Verse 26, let us make man in our image after our likeness and let them have dominion. And then verse 27, verse 27, it repeats itself to, to call attention to the fact that 
Put your highlighter here. This is really important. We are approaching the the crown of creation in the creation of man. So God created man in His own image. In the image of God, He created him. Male and female, He created them. Now we're going to devote an entire message to verses 26 to 28. But, But basically, as image bearers of God, we are called to represent God on the earth to reflect His character and purpose in the way that we do and manage and steward the life that He has given us on this earth. God blesses the first human beings. He indicates that uh, all all of the, the plants and the trees are for them, for food, and also for the living creatures on the land and in the sky. At the end of day six, God scans the entire creation. And and you will have noticed that along the way, on almost every day, there was one day where he didn't say this, but on almost every day, God considered what he had made and he saw that it was good. But now, with everything complete, that, that unformed and unfilled swampy earth has now been shaped and formed and filled and the the, the first man and the first woman are there to oversee that which He has made. And God saw everything that He had made. And behold, it was very good. There, there, was, there, was, there was no deficiency. And so, God had begun to create the heavens and the earth in verse 1, But now when you come to chapter 2, verse 1, what does it say? Thus the heavens and the earth were finished. Start, beginning of day 1, finished, the end of day 6, and on day 7, what does God do? He rests. Not because because He was tired. I mean, just just a few hours of, of snow shoveling yesterday wiped me out. Okay? God, God wasn't tired. As, as we know, and as we will look at before too long, really, this, this creation week is, is actually setting a pattern for, for us in terms of how we're supposed to do life. God isn't tired, but He, he stood back from His work of creation, and He finished it. And He enjoyed it. And there was no more work of creation to do. God still does works of providence, works of upholding the world that He has made and directing the course of events upon the earth. But in terms of that fundamental initial work of creating and developing this world, that was done. Never to be resumed again in six days. So that's the big picture. I told you that uh, we're going to go quickly through the big picture because I wanted you to see it all at once. I wanted you to see the ordering and the developing of this world that we inhabit. And now I want to draw out a few lessons and in subsequent sermons we'll look at some of the details that we passed over today. But what this passage really really calls us to is, is a big God theology. 
Okay, Let, let's just start with this, okay? God is. God is there. In the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. Before there was the heavens and the earth, before there was anything, any space, time, matter, before any of that, God was there. If He hadn't been there, none of this would have followed. Psalm 92 says, Before the mountains were brought forth, or ever you had formed the earth and the world, from everlasting to everlasting, you are God. God is the eternal God. It says in the Gospel of John, verses, uh, chapter 1, verses 1 and 2, In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. He was in the beginning with God. The Word, whom we understand is the Son of God, our Lord Jesus Christ, was with the Father in the beginning before anything had been created. And of course, the Holy Spirit was there also, as verse 2 indicates, the Spirit of God hovering over the face of the waters. And so, this triune God is there. He exists unconditionally. His existence is not conditioned on or dependent upon anyone or anything else. But notice that the world, the world is dependent. The world exists conditionally. The world exists if and only if God created it, which He did. The world continues to exist if and only if God continues to uphold it, which He has to this point. But consider these words from Psalm 102, verses 25 25 to 27. Of old you laid the foundation of the earth, and the heavens are the work of your hands. They will perish, but you will remain they will all wear out like a garment. You will change them like a robe and they will pass away. But you are the same and your years have no end. If if your life is anchored here in the heavens and the earth that are destined to perish, you're in real trouble. But if if your life is anchored in God, who will never pass away, but who endures forever, then you have a firm foundation on which to live. So the first part of this big God theology is simply that God is. God is there. And then secondly, let me fill in the blanks a little bit. God is the personal, living Sovereign, all-powerful, all-wise, extravagant Creator. He's he's personal. uh, God is not an impersonal force. He's a personal God who thinks and decides and speaks and does. God is the living God. He's, he's alive and active and doing things. He is sovereign. He freely chooses to create the world. 
He decides what to create, where to put it, what to call it, and what its purpose is. He's the creator. He's the owner. He's the director. He's all-powerful. Do you know know what happens when, when I speak? Not much. Not much. A little bit happens because I'm an image bearer of God. We'll, we'll, we'll talk about that. To, 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 be in the, to be created in the image of God means, among other things, that we also speak and things happen. But not much happens when I speak. Okay, But as, as John Piper said, when God speaks, quasars come into existence. Or, as it says in Psalm 33, verses 6 to 9, by the word of the Lord the heavens were made, and by the breath of his mouth all their host. He gathers the waters of the sea as a heap, he puts the deeps in storehouses. Let all the earth fear the Lord, let all the inhabitants of the world stand in awe of him. Why? For he spoke and it came to be, he commanded and it stood firm. When God speaks, galaxies come into existence. Luminaries appear in the sky. Seas move into their proper boundary location and the dry land appears. And life happens. Plants and trees and fish and birds and land animals all with the ability to reproduce themselves. Just think about God's power. He, 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 he creates this spherical earth, this rotating earth, and places it in the midst of vast space. And 238,900 miles away, He puts the, the moon. And 93 million miles away, he puts the sun. And at a range of 29 million to 3 billion miles, he places the planets. And apparently, I'm no scholar on these issues, but apparently the stars are 25 trillion miles away. I mean, that's so far above our pay grade, it's, it's not even funny. We're, we're talking about unimaginable power, effortlessly creating a universe. And if you think that you're smart, if you think that you're wise, if you think that you have clout, if you think that you know how to size things up and you know how to size other people up and you know how to size your own life up, you really should listen to what the Lord said to Job in chapter 38 when he said this, Then the Lord answered Job out of the whirlwind and said, Who is this? 
that darkens counsel by words without knowledge. Dress for action like a man. I will question you and you make it known to me. Where were you when I laid the foundation of the earth? Tell me if you have understanding. Who determined its measurements? Surely you know. Or who stretched the line upon it? On what were its bases sunk? Or who laid its cornerstone when the morning stars sang together and all the sons of God shouted for joy? Or who shut in the sea with doors when it burst out from the womb? When I made clouds its garment and thick darkness its swaddling band and prescribed limits for it and set bars and doors and said, Thus far shall you come and no farther and here shall your proud waves be stayed. Do you know what would have happened if, if you could just imagine this? This unformed, unfilled, swampy, watery, undefined mass of the earth in verse 2. If God had just said, uh, here you go, here you go, Dane, you figure it out. What would have happened? Not, would have crushed him. Would have crushed him if you could imagine that. But God holds it in His hand, as it were, without stress, without anxiety, without concern, and He tells it exactly what to do, and what, and what He tells it to do, it happens. And it was so, and it was so, and it was so. So, He's the personal God, the living God, the sovereign God, the all-powerful God, the all-wise God. We, you just see His wisdom in the order the ordering of creation. And then extravagant. Do you notice the extravagance here? God has not created a merely functional world, but a beautiful world. Not merely an efficient world, but a world that is bursting forth with color and variety and possibility. It's remarkable. So, Here's your job. Here's what your job is and isn't. Your job is not to reduce life to four little walls and too much screen time and preoccupation with man-made products. Your job is to open your eyes and see glory. That's what Paul says in Romans 1. God's eternal power and divine nature are made visible through the things that He made. Are, are your eyes open to it? The heavens declare the glory of God. Psalm 19.1 Your job is to join the worshipers of Revelation chapter 4 who are worshiping the One who is seated on the throne and they say, Worthy are You, our Lord and God. To receive glory and honor and power. For you created all things, and by your will they existed and were created. Revelation 4:11. Your job is not to self-determine your own meaning and purpose. Instead, your job is to discover the meaning and purpose that He has established. And that He has assigned to the world and to you. Don't try to craft an image for yourself or for your life. But learn what it means to be created in the image of God and to be His representative 
on earth. Your job is not to depend on your own resources and consequently live in fear because of all the things that might oppose you. Instead, your job is to trust the Lord God Almighty and live with confidence because He holds everything in His hand. He created it. He owns it. He sustains it. He directs it. And He is able to make everything work for your good. In fact, He promises to do so for those who love Him and trust Him. Romans 8.28 All things work together for the good of those who love God and have been called according to His purpose. God is able to make everything work together for you. But do you know what? God is able to make everything work against you. It is not difficult for God to call forth the overwhelming waters and engulf an entire world in Genesis chapters 7, 8, or to sink the Egyptians in Exodus. God can open up the earth and make you fall down into the abyss alive. He can make everything work for you and He can make everything work against you. The stupidest thing you could possibly do is to to not care deeply and profoundly about being rightly related to the One who made everything, including you. And if if and if 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 you're if you're feeling if you're feeling some darkness in your heart, remember this: when 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 Paul described conversion in Second Corinthians chapter four, he drew upon Genesis chapter one verse three, when he says, "God, who said, let there be light, who 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 caused light to shine in the darkness, has caused the light of the glory of Jesus Christ to shine." in our hearts. And He can do that for you. He can cause the glory of His Son who loved you and laid down His life for you to shine in your heart and give you life. I want to conclude this message which also at the same time serves to introduce our final hymn by reading Psalm 148. It's really remarkable how much of Scripture reflects back to Genesis chapter 1. Psalm 148. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord from the heavens. Praise Him in the heights. Praise Him, all His angels. Praise Him, all His hosts. Praise Him, sun and moon. Praise Him, all you shining stars. Praise Him, you highest heavens and you waters above the heavens. Let them praise the name of the Lord. For He commanded and they were created. And He established them forever and ever. He gave a decree and it shall not pass away. Praise the Lord from the earth, you great sea creatures and all deeps, fire and hail, snow and mist, stormy wind fulfilling His Word, mountains and all hills, fruit trees and all cedars, beasts and all livestock, creeping things and flying birds, kings of the earth and all peoples, princes and all rulers of the earth, young men and maidens together, old men and children, let them 
praise the name of the Lord. For His name alone is exalted. His majesty is above earth and heaven. He has raised up a horn for His people. Praise for all His saints. For the people of Israel who are near to Him. Praise the Lord. Isn't it remarkable that the all-powerful and sovereign Creator actually invites people like you and me to be near to Him? Be near to Him through faith in Jesus Christ and walk in Him. Let's pray. Father, I pray that You would impress Your power and Your glory and Your wisdom and Your will upon our hearts. Write Your words upon our hearts. Let Your words shape our lives. May it be that You would speak over us and that it would be so. That Your words would be carried out through faith, through obedience. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.